Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Late Night Rentals. I'm your host Brandon, Join with me is my good friend Ryan Carpenter. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, how are you? Oh man, I've got school spirit, how about you? I'm I'm feeling something, I don't know if it's spiritual. <laughs> welcome everyone, tonight we're covering school spirit. Hogs and hogettes, are you ready? Here comes it's Hog Day at Lavatory College. Do you have a thing? Yes, I have a thing. No, not that thing. The other thing. And Billy Batson has a problem. If you're dead, that makes two of us pal. Oh! Billy Batson is a ghost. Look. Cindy, is that you? When Billy Batson comes back to school as a ghost, he sees things he's never seen before. Being dead does have its advantages. Gotta get off here. I want surprises. You just have to look at him to see if he's feeble-minded. Then again, what do you expect? And it certainly doesn't keep this party animal from the biggest monster hog out of all time. How old are you, anyway? Old enough, stud. I don't want to see you near my daughter again. That innocent little flower is my treasure. I have a wife, anyway. Uh, uh, would you sit down, please? Uh, don't, no, no. Would you close the doors? Uh, wait a minute, what? what? Civilization, as we have known, it came to an end tonight. Anybody no, no, no. <laughs> Billy, I think the cops are after us. School spirit. This is one ghost that should be busted. School spirit. Alrighty, um, School Spirit. Uh, this was this was actually as the movie started. Uh, I didn't realize it was a Roger Corman production until we saw that uh, New World Pictures logo pop up, and then that's when this whole thing changed for me. I was like, okay, now I know exactly what this is going to be. Yeah, I mean, the, I had never heard of this movie before. You you had put it on the list, and um, it it seems like a very cheap cheap movie uh, quite honestly with you i had no idea about this movie either until i started going hunting for it uh you know as we had mentioned in our last episode this whole month is back to school uh type movies or school related movies so it was only in my vicious hunt that i came across it are you a fan of roger corman movies like are you is it overall corman or just like the ones that people know of his poe movies the um head not head was it the trip you know i think i overall to answer that question yes i think overall as as corman himself as as the idea of corman uh what he's accomplished his overall how he approaches movies i like and now that doesn't go without saying that it's probably only half of his uh, production that I probably go back to on a daily basis. Um, there is a goes without saying. Even though Corman made a lot of money, and uh, he has a great book called I think it's titled How I Made a Hundred Movies and Never Lost a Dime. Uh, it's a great read. But 
the man produced a lot of shit. Uh, especially something like this. Uh, there's a huge boatload of things like this that I find to be completely unwatchable. I mean, this is at the the, the tail end of his, I guess, empire. I don't know what the proper word is. Because, I mean, when you think about Corman movies, you think of his work in the 60s and the 70s. This, I'm pretty sure we watched a VHS rip on Amazon Prime of a movie from 1984 that you said did not go to theaters. Right. I, in my research, I didn't find any sort of theatrical released information. So this is a this is a movie that Corman thought would do better going directly to video stores. That's actually so this this is actually a great pick for the theme of the show. Now I'm thinking about it. Absolutely. Um, like this is something you would only find and and not even you wouldn't find this at a Blockbuster or anything like that. You would find this at a local mom and pop rentals place. And it's it's like um you would get what's that one movie that's a horror movie it's got George Clooney in it is it Return to Horror High correct yeah it would be something like something like that you would think you're getting this uh you know somewhat pop I guess I guess Return to Horror High is a poor example I don't have an example for this one <laughs> well it's it's interesting to know that uh. This, I guess this is sort of, in, in the research that I was doing for this movie, I'm vaguely familiar with Concord as uh, one of Corman's, this was essentially his new distra, distribution company. There's really only one movie I'm really familiar with under this production title, and that was Barbarian Queen, uh, which was released the same year as this. But, I mean, that was also Corman, too. Like, I, sh- I can't tell you, like, what was it? Uh, was it Little Shop of Horrors, or... There, frankly, there was a movie where he filmed, and he was notorious this for notorious for this for other movies too. But they would get done making a movie, and if he had five, six days left with to use the set, he would just turn around the next day and make another movie. And I can only oh. imagine that this school spirit. Uh, if we've come across other Roger Corman movies in the same vein, we're going to see so many things used that were used in probably in this movie as well. Yeah, like you had access to a. Um, well, I guess you can't even say it's a camp. So it takes place in a college, uh, lavatoire, which is French for lavatory bathroom. It's a, it's a, it's probably the most highbrow joke in the entire movie where they're saying the college is shit. Um, but you don't really see. I was gonna say like he had access to the campus, but you don't really see a campus. You see a field, like grassy areas, and then the facades of buildings. Yeah. You don't really actually see a campus. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it's very, uh, which, I mean, in the, in the grand sense, it's very Corman-esque in the sense that it's very, very few locations. And if any, they are cheap. They are, you don't, in terms of production and setting up the scene, not much was done, if at all. Oh, especially at the beginning of the movie where it starts off. So for the listeners out there, the plot of the movie is this guy, this college bro named Billy Batson. Uh, I'm assuming ripped off from Shazam um, is trying to get laid. The girl says, no, you have to have a condom. So he drives to go get one, gets into a car crash because he drops the condom on the floorboard of his car. And then the rest of the movie is he is having an outer out of body experience. And at the end of the day, at the end of the 24 hours so midnight at the end of the day, he has to go into the white light. Um, I'm assuming usually white light indicates heaven, but his actions throughout the movie lead me to believe he's going to hell. 
You really think so? I think so. I mean, the stuff, I mean, especially the part where his, so it's his uncle plays his uh, escort into the light. And there's a, a part where it's played for laughs, where he strips a sleeping woman. Um, you know, I'm not like big into theology uh, and, and, and religion and all that, but I gotta say like, that seems like something in, an evil person would do. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think on the surface, one would believe it would lead to that. But I don't know, man. I don't think this movie has any good intentions uh, to to make us, to for those actions of Pinky, his uncle, to make it to where he is uh, a demon. Like, I don't think the movie even cared to, to try to make that connection. Yeah, because I mean, I've mentioned it. It's like um, uh, Pink, his uncle Pinky would be his escort down like as they're floating down the river sticks but i mean it could be what's uh the divine comedy where dante uh what is it and virgil is it yes. virgil that's that's walking him through the seven layers of hell correct maybe this movie's maybe this movie's a loose adaptation of the divine comedy who knows <laughs> roger corman's gonna listen to this and he's like ah shit they're on to me <laughs> 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 if anybody if anybody wants ASMR ghost rape, uh this movie is for you. Uh I like the, the I, I don't I I must have zoned out at the beginning at the, where cuz do they ever attempt to explain how Billy slapping his hand above his head turns him invisible? No, no there's no explanation See, at all. I didn't think so. So he has he's having an out of body experience, but he has the ability to be invisible. Uh, translucent or corporeal uh, and when he's corporeal everyone can see him he can touch things whatever but if he crouches a little waves his hand above his head uh, palm down uh, he can turn visible and I don't I don't understand well I don't think the movie understands either because uh, there's so many moments there's so many situations that Billy gets into that uh, becoming a ghost again turning himself invisible he could just get out of the situation uh, in a snap but he chooses not to because it heightens the drama. I, I, <laughs> and, and, and there's all these things like the plot changes midstream. Like he's trying to bang, like everything's leading up to him banging the one blonde girl, Judith, but then he meets Judith, but then he meets the new blonde girl, uh, Helen, Marianne, uh, Helen, right. Or is that his daughter? was that, uh, Helen Hightower was his daughter, right? The, the Dean's daughter. No, that's, um, Ursula. Oh, okay. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. the dean was the dean <laughs> was trying to have sex with the the first blonde girl. Okay. I think, is it Madeline? Madeline, the French lady. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it changes course, and then he goes he goes from being this hornball, um, trying to coerce, uh, trying to you know keep uh Judith in his apartment because of you know the implication. <laughs> and it switches to him being like a full-on uh, puppy dog for uh, Madeline. And there is no arc. He just goes from being this to now he's that. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things, too, that by the time he gets to Madeline, the, the movie almost wants you to sympathize with him. But he's been such a sleazeball asshole the first 30 minutes that any form of redemption is lost. Like I, From the get-go, I hated this guy. And I hated him throughout the entire movie. What what let's 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 rattle off some things here. He tries to um get 
Helen uh, to take her shirt off by spraying her with the water hose in his, on his car engine. Sweetheart, I need you for a second. <gasps> My blouse! Oh, no! Billy! No! Oh, now I have to go back to the house with change. I'll never get to Grimshaw's on time. Darn. I know, I know. We'll go over to my house. One of the girls must have a blast your size. You can try that on and then I'll whip you right over to Grimshaw. Takes her back to his apartment where he gets the top off. And then when his uncle shows up, he actually shows the now topless woman to his uncle. It's Pinky, Billy. Open up. These guys have great timing. I'll get rid of him. I need another hour or two. You, my boy, it's time to go. It's the girl, Pink. The girl I was telling you about. Oh, yeah? Pinky, be a gentleman. Come on. Well, maybe just one little look. You don't get a chance like this every day. <gasps> I was just borrowing a robe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he purposely uh, he does like a faux car breakdown, and uh, he uses that as sort of like uh, the crux to get her alone uh, after spraying her, like you said. And it's uh, isn't there like, also in the beginning, right away they try to es he escorts her to the dean's office, and then that's where he tries even against her keeps keeps telling him no, 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 I'm not ready, I'm not ready. He still just keeps progresses. He just progresses and progresses to take her clothes off to hopefully uh, coerce her into just doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's like that that one the Family Guy joke: uh, thirty no's and one yes is still a yes. <laughs> no, but then he sneaks into her bed uh, yeah. in her sorority house, wakes her up uh, by kissing by kissing her, um, and then like they're not dating or anything. This is just a guy she knows. And then he sneaks into he turns himself he turns himself invisible, sneaks into a room, sees a girl naked, follows her into the group shower, watches all of them naked. I can't um honestly I cannot think of one eighties comedy movie that doesn't have the obligatory shower scene. Well, I mean Porky set the trend. That's like the you got you gotta go with what works, you know? I think they're even probably intercut somewhere in the Disney movies. We just gotta look for them. <laughs> those horny disney pervs what okay so ragging on the movie pretty pretty much this whole time there's usually there's usually at least one thing that we find enjoyable and in, in the past the past two movies we, we've done is always it was an actor like their performance uh, the, what they were the material that they were given mm -hmm. is there anything in this movie brandon that was a like a a, a bright spot for you uh yes, it was a brief cameo by Liz Sheridan, who is Seinfeld's mother. And that was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other in all seriousness, uh, the character Greg, uh, which we had briefly mentioned this between each other in our our chat, uh, he's really the only character, as you mentioned, that has a complete arc. You, you think he's going to start off being this dick, which even in his beginning stages, he's not really that dickish to begin with. No, he's just he's just being honest about the main character. <laughs> right, exactly. But he's almost set up like this, you know, poor man's version of 
uh, I forgot the character's name in Animal House, but he's almost dressed to a T, just like the character. But then by the end, he's, I don't know, man, he, he does a complete 180. He's sure of, he's sure of himself. He's going to, he's nixing away the whole uptight persona that he was trying to portray. And now he's like this free spirit. I'm going to just enjoy the rest of my time type of person. Yeah, I mean, the part I, I appreciated about uh, that character arc is that at the end, when he's confronted by the dean, by the, the president of the university, about his, you know, like, oh, he's at the party with all the rapscallions, he doesn't he doesn't shout at the dean. He doesn't make a big scene about it. He just he just bows in acknowledgement and walks away. I thought yeah. that was that's very understated, and I didn't really expect that from what I've seen for the past hour. And it's um it's one of those I I was conflicted with this character uh, the actor um in terms of, I was like man I know this guy from somewhere I know that face so in the middle of the movie I uh, looked him up he's in Chopping Mall I for, he's uh one of the characters I think his name I think his name is Greg in that movie too but he gets thrown over the railing by one of the killer robots okay I was like I know that guy from somewhere but yeah he's um. He's probably really the only character worth a damn in this entire movie. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't, even though, like, even though I had, I had a better time with this movie than I did with Johnny B. Good, I, st- I didn't really have, I didn't really have a Paul Gleason to hang, to hang on to. That's very like, true. The, there, there wasn't anything, whereas like Johnny B. Good had at least one, he had, there was like one central weight and that was Paul Gleason. There was nothing. There was no central weight in this one. It like and it, it's not. This isn't a. I don't want to say like it's it's not a tough watch. There are things that are just like that are bothersome about it, but it does kind of, it does kind of breeze. It does kind of breeze by. It's not. I don't want to say it's not sluggish, right? There's not. There are scenes that don't. Yeah, there are not really any scenes that don't move the story. But there are like the things that happen are very questionable. Like if you have twenty four hours left before you die, or before you're you know gone from this earth, why would you spend any portion of that doing the hog the hogmeister ritual? Right. Um. You you felt you felt it wasn't sluggish at all. I mean, it's not like it's it's not. I don't know the best way to say. It. I didn't feel for most of the time. I didn't feel the minutes crawl by there was a moment for me by the time it got to the half by the time we switch over to the new girl um marianne right madeline madeline jeez by the time we switched over to essentially the new love interest that's where it started actually dragging for me i kept checking the time and i was like oh my god 30 minutes left and then an hour go by and i'm like 25 minutes left (laughs) i mean i'll agree i did check like near the end I did check uh, when we got to our third party scene out of five, like uh, in five scenes or three of them are parties. Um, that's when I was like, all right, let's how, how much, how much longer is left? How much longer is left? But I mean, like I wasn't, I don't like the movie. I want to put that out there. I don't like the movie, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't feel trapped, I guess is the, is the best way to say that. <laughs> I guess that's a good way to put it. It's, um, yeah, I don't, I really and truly honestly don't know what more I can say about this. Well, we got to talk about that ending. I forgot the ending already. You forgot? <laughs> in, 
in the chat you wrote eat my whole ass um oh so what, yeah you have the party scene at the the president of the university's house and billy you know consummates with madeline the french lady all the storylines are wrapped up um and he's ex- kind of accepted his fate that he's you know going on to the bright light uh greener pastures and everything people are crying whatnot they get to the hospital they're running down the hallway and the the i'm assuming the escort manager says uh pinky you're late we can't take him now because you're late and then billy just just gets to live on earth no yeah no consequences yeah now now it's coming back to me i think i was so i think i was so upset at that reveal that i kind of just purged it from my memory yeah, I mean, I rolled my eyes. It's incredibly dumb and makes me like it makes me feel like I like time has wasted. Like I wasted my time watching right. the movie. There's this there's a horror comedy that I rented from Grandview Video when I was a kid. And I can't remember what it's called, but there's the ending of the movie is a parody of The Wizard of Oz where the girl wakes up, she says you were there and you were there i thought that's what we were gonna get okay i see what you're saying yeah i the moment you started mentioning uh possibly pinky being a demon i think my expectations of wanting to see that outcome were so high that when i didn't get it i was at at that point i just threw up my hands but again for a a 1985 movie that never went to theaters (laughs) I, i quickly realized that being angry at it is is wrong on my part yeah it's I like very few people probably know this, that, that this movie even exists. True. Again, like we didn't know anything about it till we started hunting it down. But then, like it, like he wakes up from a coma, perfectly fine, kisses Marianne or Madeline, and that's it. That's the end of the movie. Yep. We go into credits and uh, another party scene into which they do the very cliched. Let's uh, recap all of the actors. It's sort of like their own little shot with the actor's name. And that's it. That is School Spirit. Yep. <laughs> um, other than Greg, the character that we mentally talked about, is was there anything else that you found uh, enjoyable? No, not really. I got the... We, well, we used to live together. We watched that one movie, Night Patrol. And that was like that i had i had never seen like a direct to video 80s comedy before mm. um and this felt all like the feeling i got watching night patrol i got watching this movie now this movie this the script is more coherent like the story is more coherent than night patrol night patrol is just like a bunch of skits wrapped together right um but this one as you mentioned doesn't have uh, an earworm of a theme song to it but yeah no I, I there's nothing there's absolutely nothing in this movie that would make me recommend it to anyone make me want to rewatch it uh, there's no like laugh out loud funny moment like someone punching through a glass water container punching an <laughs> elephant because they're so angry like it's a sleazy sex comedy that in the 80s was probably fine, but now there are several very questionable scenes. It's one of those scenes that, honestly, the only thing I could, I guess the only group of people I could recommend this to would be Corman completionists. Um, that's about it, really. Like Everything, I, 
I think probably within the first 10 minutes, I was thinking, man, I cannot wait for this thing to end. And I, it's one of those, I love trash. I absolutely adore trash. But man, this one, this one rubbed me wrong. I was just like, I, I immediately knew I made the wrong choice. <laughs> it's, it starts off, it starts off pretty poorly because it's like almost every, up until he dies, I think everything seemingly is lit by one uh, one light source. Uh, like everything's dark. The establishing shot was dark. You can barely see the building. When they're in the office, you can really only see the couch that they're on. You can only really see him in the car. Right. Um, and there's no. There's hardly a score either. I think that's another. Thing. There's so many scenes that are just quiet. There's nothing. There's there's no music to elicit uh, an emotional response. Whereas like with, I think that's where Johnny Be Good kind of had the upper hand was there was a lot of just classic rock to uh, you know to enhance the scene there was nothing here and that sometimes really bothers me that's a good point uh, it was just quiet and then you're just hearing you know amateur actors in a very poorly audio spaced room and uh, it's it's murder on the ears you pretty much already got to your recommendation you said no for this one <laughs> no <laughs> no um yeah i'm in agreement i think now this is making me look back on Johnny Be Good and say recommend Johnny Be Good, just because of this one. Uh, oh, this one is sour. This one is sour yeah. milk, Ryan. I hope I hope they get better. Like I, I I picked for my picks. I know at least one we're gonna have fun with. I know at least one of them. Yeah, uh, the next two uh, are gonna be. I could I could definitely see the next week's being just as questionable, but probably better quality. All right. We'll have to see. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, it's a little bit shorter episode this time, um, but tune in next week. We're going to continue on with our month, back to school month, with my tutor. Um, and that's it. Ryan, thank you for watching this junk with me. You're welcome. And remember, everyone, have a decent late night rental. They said hog day would kill me. <laughs> <laughs>